Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war, but there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement, and this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement, and it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum, and what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people, he knows what our answer will be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of the Cold War, and someday, when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary, because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side, he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better rest than death, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material computations. When great forces around the moon in the world, we learn their spirits, not animals. He said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. Welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We're live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm not crying. You're crying. I don't know about what it is about Ronald Reagan in that speech, but, man, it brings tears to my eyes because it just lights a fire under my ass. I will tell you that. Uh, that is uh, what we call the will not surrender or we must fight speech by President Ronald Reagan. And uh, we need to hear words like that. We, we, we are in a war, a battle right now. And I don't care who, who in the FBI is, is listening or the DHS or three-letter agencies. It doesn't matter. They know we're in a war. And if they don't, well, then they, they, they are just fucking idiots. <laughs> right? Um, we are in unprecedented times. We are treading in dangerous waters. Things are unraveling right now that are absolutely mind-blowing. The last three days of this show, going over the Q stuff, I was looking at it, and I'm sitting here going, I can't believe this is really happening. I'm a person who, who looks at information. I look at details. I look at how things expand out from from their origination, right? I look at the foundation, the etymology, whatever it might be. I always have to go to the root of the information. And this week, when we started seeing the correlations between the, the photos the FBI released, the Dan Scavino post, the Trump post, going back to old Q posts, which were just kind of lined up, sp- spread through time, reminded us the future proves the past. I will tell you I got chills. I will tell you right now that this is more real than ever. And sometimes, I'll tell you, sometimes you like look at it and you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll try to, to understand where the globalists are coming from and the new world order and all that. No, no, you can't. You can't. Because, see, we got something here in this country. We got something beautiful here in this country. And the last week and the week before that, we, we did shows on America. What America means to me. What is America? It's an experiment. It's an experiment in freedom. And you might ask yourself, well, well, why would we need an experiment on freedom? Because most of humanity has never had it before. I think of sometimes that HBO show with, I think it's Jeff Bridges on it, where uh, he yells at the college girl. Um, about freedom. He goes, freedom? There's 182 countries in this world and 81 of them have freedom. Actually, no. See, because none of them have a constitution. None of them have a contract of where their government is established for the people, by the people, of the people. The United States of America is the only, the only country in the world That has an established government where the power solely derives in the people. And that the established rights of the people derive from their creator and not from any governmental power or man-made power. We are the only country in this world that has that level of freedom. And they no longer want us to have it. And they are doing everything in their power to begin the process of taking it away. I was actually going to open with um, a song called Grand Illusion by Stick. We played it before, but, uh, but I didn't. 
But this is the grand illusion. The FBI contacted social media, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, YouTube, PayPal, contacted them all, okay? Before the 2022 election, the 2020 election, and said, hey, there's going to be a laptop coming out uh, saying that it's Hunter Biden. It's Russian disinformation. You need to censor that and anybody who mentions it. And then we had the Great Purge. And what are we seeing now? Look at this. Nearly three-fourths of Democrats would have likely voted differently if they knew about Hunter Biden's laptop. Look at that. According to a just-released survey, nearly three-quarters of Democrat voters, 71%, would likely not have voted for dementia Joe Biden if they were allowed to see the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. 71% of Democrats would have voted differently in the 2020 presidential election if they knew the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop were accurate and not Russian disinformation. This is... Um, I want to say, I was looking for the source of the poll. Oh, the poll by Tip Insights surveyed 1,000 voters, including 437, who were following the story of the laptop. 71% of the Democrat respondents said knowingly the contents were real, they would have likely or somewhat likely changed their vote. Wow. And so in the regular world, in the normal world, that's called election interference. That is the same thing as stealing an election, okay? And this was done by three-letter agencies. So I kind of want to, like, wrap everything up. I want to put everything in this, like, big container tonight. And I think we have the news to actually do it. But we're going to see. We're going to see. Because I want to talk about a lot of, of various things. And one thing we're going to talk about is this. And, and so just understand that the 2020 election was stolen whether there was mail-in ballots, whether there was hammer and scorecard, or whether it was FBI interference previous to the election. Either way, the election was stolen. And there should be a contingent election almost immediately. And the members of Congress, members of the state delegations, need to come together and say, hey, um, this isn't right. The, the fact that the FBI did that, the, the, the mere fact that the FBI did that, it, it basically dissolves the whole election. All, all the electors, gone. Now it goes to Congress, and that should be the case. By the way, talking about the Q stuff, what was one of the things that I said they were looking for at Mar-a-Lago? Does anybody remember? This is going to be one of these. Told you so. I'm telling you, you're going to hear Donald Trump say it today. Okay? I'm telling you, if you remember what I said that they were looking for, I'm telling you, he has it. He has it. But let, let's listen to um, um, Kareen Jean-Pierre here real quick and see what, uh, see what she has to say. This should be interesting. And again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. When you're not with the consensus, when you don't agree with what the public is saying or what the government is saying, you are an extremist. Back that up with what Biden's been saying. Do you understand they are setting the narrative to come for us? They are setting the narrative to come for us. 
Um, I actually have more to that that I wanted to bring in. Um, there is there it is. Joe Biden's speech released. Let's just let's just go into this because it's topic contents here. Excerpts from Joe Biden's speech released a complete assault on MAGA and American patriotism. Now, take what she was just saying, that if you don't agree with the public consensus, if you don't agree with what the majority of people believe, <laughs> then, you're, then you're an extremist. So what's, what's Joe Biden say? MAGA forces have determined to take this country backwards. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. What? The hell is he talking about? He goes, for a long time, we've reassured ourselves the American democracy is guaranteed. Well, it's a republic, not a democracy, but good try. Um, But it is not. We have to defend it, protect it, stand up for it, each and every one of us. It almost sounds like he's doing a call to action on the left because he sees a war coming. I, I don't know. This, what do you think? I think he's doing a call of action to the left because he sees a war coming. This is him telling his cronies, telling the people above and below him, prepare for war. This isn't going to go good. He continues, you think about the, ba- you think about the battles continues. And so what the president, oh, so this is, sorry, this isn't what he said. Um, Biden has repeatedly cited Charlottesville as a moment he decided he was going to run for president. In 2017 article for The Atlantic, Biden said that the deadly event was indicative, uh, indi- I can't speak today, indicative that the giant forward steps we have taken in recent years on civil liberties and civil rights and human rights are being met by a ferocious pushback from the oldest and darkest forces in America. Yeah, the Democrat Party. You think about the battle continues. And so what the president believes, which is a reason to have in his, this in prime time, is that there's an overwhelming amount of Americans, majority of Americans, who believe that we need to save the core values of our country. Jean-Pierre told ABC senior White House correspondent Mary Bruce during Wednesday's press briefing. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. She actually said she believes that the president believes that MAGA is an extremist threat to our democracy. Okay. MAGA is an extremist threat to our democracy. This is the rhetoric coming out of Washington, D.C. And we have to remember what I said. Whatever we're dealing with what potentially could happen in the future. Today's episode, Future Proves the Past. What potentially could happen in the future. We have to go back and we have to look at the narrative. We have to look at what they were saying at a specific time about certain things. This is what gives about the daily doses, the Red Pill Project's accuracy. Because we go about and we watch what they're doing. We watch what they say. And we go, well, in in a strategic game, how does that play out in the moves and positions and counter moves? And so this is what's going on right now. The left are preparing for war. The left are preparing for martial law and to take out anybody who stands in the way of the contingency of their government. Okay? And that has already been labeled by DHS. That has already been labeled by the FBI. They've already put out the bulletins, the warnings, podcasters, influencers, anybody who loves the Second Amendment, the Betty Ross flag, the Gadsden flag. If you're a supporter of any um, right Republican organizations, if you believe in free speech and the Second Amendment, 
You are on this list and you are a threat to their democracy. Remember when Q talked about it? That any time that the Democrats, Obama, Rice, Biden, anybody, Clinton, they would talk about us and our movement. They know, they're not talking about America. They're not talking about people. They're talking about the agenda of the globalists that they're all a part of. Okay? And so when Joe Biden says that this is uh, an attack on our democracy, he's talking about the democracy of the deep state, the democracy of the cabal, the democracy of the globalists. He's not talking about the United States of America. The United States of America, firstly, is a republic, a republican form of government. And here's the thing, is that can't be changed, okay? That cannot be changed. Hold on, I want to show you something. I'm going to pull it up for you, okay? Excuse me. When in the course. I got to find it now. Hold on. Man, I am, I'm, I'm always never prepared, am I? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, we're going to go here. We're going to go. There it is. I knew I could find it. Article 4. Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution. Right there. Right, right here. Right here. The United States shall guarantee that to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of legislator or of the executive when the legislator cannot be convened against domestic violence. Now, this is really important right here. Okay? Firstly, it says that we only have a Republican form of government. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder what that means and how it differs from a democracy. Hmm, I wonder. Well, I can tell you what it is. It utilizes a democratic process, okay? But it's not a democracy. Okay. A Republican form of government is a type of government in which the citizens of a country have an active role in the affairs of the government and the government is not headed by a hereditary ruler such as a king. The definition leaves a lot of room for wiggle room. In the United States of America, for example, okay, the republic that we have established has multiple points of checks and balances. First, you have the three different branches of the federal government. Then you have the states and the Tenth Amendment. Then you have the people, and the people and the courts. And here's the thing is one person in the United States of America, okay? Congress can go out there and pass a law 435 to zero, okay? Pass it unanimously. Goes through the Senate, passes unanimously, 100 and zero. Goes to the president's desk, he signs it in the power. One person gets arrested under that law and says, this isn't right. Goes out there, gets a lawyer, they do the case law, they take it to the court. The court goes in there and says, you're right, this isn't right. This is a violation of your constitution. This law is overruled. That's a Republican form of government where the people have the ultimate say in checks and balances. But there's also this other part here. See, Article 4, Section 1. Full faith and credit shall be given to each state to the public acts, records, and judicial proceedings over every other state. The citizen, the section two, the citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. Section three, by the way, what that means is that if there's a law in another state that gives you more freedom, 
That is applicable in your state, even though your state doesn't have it. I know that sounds weird, but it's cool. Section four, this is important. I'm going to read it again. Firstly, the United States shall guarantee every state in this union a Republican form of government, not a democracy, a Republican form of government, and shall protect each of them against invasion. And on the application of legislator or of the executive, when the legislator cannot be convened against domestic violence. See, there are some things out there like Directive 51, which gives the president the executive power through the War Powers Act and the Patriot Act to basically suspend habeas corpus through directive, uh, executive directive. And from the suspension of habeas corpus, due process of law, they can go in there and start arresting people like you and me by declaring martial law. Directly in violation of Article 4, Section 4. That can only happen when Congress approves it. If Congress is incapacitated, then the president can do that. The president doesn't have that authority or ability. So just remember that. Keep that in mind. But important to understand. The DHS February 2022 bulletin came out and labeled you, me, and everybody who votes Republican, everybody who's MAGA, everybody who's out there saying that the Russia collusion um, thing was a hoax. Everybody's saying that the 2020 election was stolen. Everybody's saying that Russia and Ukraine is a proxy war for NATO are targets. They are terrorists and the FBI and three letter agencies are coming after us. Just remember that because that is going to be incredibly important in the coming months, especially when we get into some of this information that we're about to. Let's shift gears just a little bit. Bed Bath & Beyond to close 150 stores in 18 months after canceling my pillow. It's not because they canceled my pillow. It's because the world is falling apart economically. Okay? We, we saw that Ford is investing uh, $3 billion or $11 billion into electric EV vehicles and going to create 11,000 new jobs. But before they did this, they, they fired a whole bunch of people. So in order to create jobs, you have to destroy jobs. Makes sense, right? Makes complete sense. Um, let, let's just jump into the financial part here because I think that this is, yeah, this, this will be important. We're going to watch another video. Um, Greg Manorino, I, I don't know him. I've watched him for years. I've watched him on Alex Jones. I've watched him on YouTube. When I was a day trader, he was just the dude to watch. He was spot on about the market. He's an optimist. He's always been... Um, yeah, you know, forget about all this collapse talk and this globalist talk. It's not going to happen. You know, the globalists are going to protect themselves. He's always been very staunch that, hey, look, you got to be optimistic. This is what happens with the economy. When they're ready to do it, trust me, I'll let you know. And I'll tell you, Greg Manorino has been 100% spot on the last two years. I want you to listen to what he has to say, Okay. In 2022, people do not make light of what I am about to tell you. The 10-year yield right now is spiking and what appears to me in an uncontrolled fashion. What does this mean in the bigger picture here? The debt market is getting out of control and we literally could be days away from a complete meltdown of the entire financial system. If this continues, right now the 10-year yield is 3.24, okay? 
You, if you've been following this blog, have had your eyes glued on the 10-year yield and also the MMRI, which is markedly higher this morning. The MMRI, 2.19 this morning. Have a look at it for yourself. Link in the description of this video. People, look, you and I have known for years, years, that at one point we are going to get an implosion in this debt market that's going to rock the foundation of the world by uh, a complete lockup of the financial system. Forget again about the stock market, okay? The stock market is an entity among itself here. Rates are continuing to rise in what appears to me as an uncontrolled fashion. There is clear instability in the debt market. You got a massive sell-off here in the debt market and a sell-off in the stock market. People, liquidity is drying up. The financial system hinges on liquidity being added to the system constantly, not taken away here. So watching this spike here in the 10-year yield, like I said, we're at 3.24. If central banks don't step in today, okay, tomorrow, whatever, it's just done. So I want you to understand the gravity of the situation here. I told you yesterday, go to the bank, take out some cash uh, just to have on hand because if this really does happen, let's say we get 3.5, 4%, four and a quarter, bang, 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 bang. We know the debt bubble has burst. That's gonna wipe the stock market out and bigger yet, credit freeze, liquidity crisis, it's over, no cash in the banks. You will not be able to access your cash in the banks. Debit cards don't work, credit cards don't work. Into business lending stops, it's over, okay? So, okay, so coming back, and by the way, Greg Manorino is not doom and gloom. This guy is not doom and gloom, understand this. So, what do I recommend? I recommend maybe going and getting some cash out of the bank. I would, if you're working with Kirk Elliott, if you're if you have not worked with Kirk Elliott, um, you know maybe buy some gold and silver, okay? Maybe get it as fast as you can, right? Um, for those that are interested, getgoldtoday.com, getgoldtoday.com, or seven two zero six zero five three nine zero zero seven two zero six zero five three nine zero zero. Um, but at the very least, I would go and I would grab um, some gold, uh, some some cash out of the bank. Okay. And the reason I say that is because <laughs> Greg's not doom and gloom. He doesn't mess around, and he said he always said, when the time comes, he will give the warning. He will give the warning. And now he is calling the warning. Now, this doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. It doesn't mean it's going to happen this week. It doesn't mean it's going to happen this month. But the potential, all the signs are lining up. Everything is coming to a head right now. And so we need to be prepared financially. We need to be prepared physically. We need to be prepared mentally. You know, someone just showed me uh, Joe Biden's backdrop tonight. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, actually, hold on. I'll, I'll pull up this other post too. I want to pull this up because this, this is, I just saw this, um, during all that and I wanted to pull it up.
There it is. Q went ahead and posted this on uh, True Social. The red is fitting, very dictator. Who chose the color? I like. And what he's talking about is this. Joe Biden, right there, giving his speech tonight. We have to protect and defend democracy. you got to remember, when he says democracy like that, what he's talking about is he's talking about the new world order. But look at the background. The red. The red. You know what that reminds me of? Reminds me of 1984. It reminds me of this right here, 1984. That's what it reminds me of. Because that's where we truly live. This is the world that we truly live in. So we have these warnings coming out about a global financial collapse. We have to understand that the globalists will utilize the tools in their arsenal if they believe that they can't win power. If they see America First candidates coming in and winning in November to where so many people are going to be out voting, they can't stop it. They can't cheat. They will stop it. We have Red October, October Surprise, right? We have September now underway. We have the Deschenko trial starting next month. And then we have the raid on Mar-a-Lago, which gave us the indication, showed us that Trump, the team, were fully aware of what was happening. They knew what was going on, and they set the FBI up. Almost like the whistleblower who went to the FBI had a, an earwig, right? Trump said, oh, you know, I got some files that the FBI might like, and uh, shh, don't go tell them. And that person runs on over to the FBI and says, oh, my God, Donald Trump's got these files. And the National Archives says, oh, you have these files. Oh, yeah, you know, I got some. I got, I got a few things here and there, right? And they go in and they raid it. And he makes sure to put that Time magazine in there. Now, a lot of what we saw here with the FBI staging this, okay, is interesting because the FBI is the one that staged this. They're the one that put the Times magazine there, but the Time magazine was in the files, was within all the stuff in the files. Why? Because Donald Trump put it there. But we see a lot of these covers that, that are on here. These are FBI covers. The FBI put those on there. The White House would not have used them. Okay? And so we have uh, FBI doctored Mar-a-Lago photo, added their own docs to create a crime scene that really didn't exist. And that's the truth, is they have all these folders here, and the FBI just threw a whole bunch of stuff on top of it. And so a lot of this is lies that it's con classified confidential information. But what's interesting is the May 9th pertains to the Iranian nuclear deal. And then August 26th is one day after, one day after John McCain died. And this is the suicide weekend post. And we can see this all in here on my, uh, this was on my um, True Social. And this was pertaining to these documents right here. We have Suicide Weekend, hands up, 3028, impossible coincidence. We are in control, big week ahead. And then the other one, this actually talks about the Keystone. I talked about this a little bit yesterday, that the Keystone is information and the force of strength capable of yielding the power to act on the information. And I said this yesterday. You remember what I said? I said, this is potentially what? Hillary Clinton's emails, Wiener's laptop, this type of information. I said this yesterday. So, am I a conspiracy theorist? Eh, 
I, I like disproving conspiracies. I, I, you know what I like? I like when you look at a conspiracy and you find out that the conspiracy was actually false. But I want you to listen to what Donald Trump has. There's two parts here, okay? One, first one is Donald Trump is talking to this Megyn Kelly lookalike. Um, and, and I shouldn't, I should, shouldn't do justice. I should do justice to her name. She is a Megyn uh, uh, Kelly looking like. But her show is, um, I want to give her credit for this. Hold on. The, the, the gateway pundit doesn't even get recorded for it. But anyways, I, I, wanna, I want you to listen to these two parts that Donald Trump's going to talk about here, okay? The first one is the raid on Mar-a-Lago. The second one is J6, January 6th. And we'll touch on the January 6th thing after, but just listen to what he says about Mar-a-Lago. Uh, and what's been going on with the FBI, where the FBI said it was Russian dis- disinformation, the laptop. Come on. That would have made anywhere from a 10 to a 20-point difference. We 100%. Think that they were let do that. Uh, and so when you look, just that alone, I've had more people come up to me in the last 24 hours and say, wow, it really was rigged. Because they don't understand correct. some of the complexities. You do, because that's your business. Right. But when they saw that, they said the election was rigged and stolen. And, just that, and that's just one of many ways. Uh, I think it's going to be much tighter. The way you win is to swamp them. Yes. You just swamp them. That's, That's what we say every day. Everybody can get out to vote. I they said, can cheat, but yeah. they can't cheat that much. I said every Republican's got to grab two friends, and we got to go. One for the cheat and one for what they're going to do beyond the cheat, because it's coming. You brought up the FBI. Yeah. I've been stunned to watch the politicization of these agencies that they invaded your home, sir. I have yeah. said on this program that my suspicion was they were looking for anything that you had to 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 finger them for the Russia crap that they that they put on you and dragged America mm-hmm. through for years. What do you say? What do you think they were looking for? What's the story? I think they were looking for everything but what they said. I mean, because you look at the corruption, you look at what's happened at the FBI over the last 10 years before me. But you look at the things, you ever see a list of all of the tremendous corruption, the lying the FISA courts where they defrauded the FISA courts and uh, and I, look, my campaign was spied on. Right? I mean, how, how think can about you, that. Now, think if that, about if that, that were the other way around, could right. you imagine if you spied on, let's say, Obama's campaign? Okay, let's say you spied. You could probably even say Biden's campaign. But let's say you, you did it the other way around. I mean, they'd be talking about things that you, you've never heard before. But with us, it's just fine. Look, we're. We're together. We're united like never before. This thing has brought us together. But I think they were looking for Hillary Clinton emails. I really think. Boom. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I think they were looking for Hillary Clinton emails. Told you so. I told you Donald Trump has a dead man switch. Hillary Clinton's emails, Wiener's laptop, and did he not just confirm it? They were looking for Hillary, they were looking for the dirt Donald Trump has on Hillary Clinton. Remember, special access program, nuclear secrets, uranium one, selling of uh, military secrets to, to China. Hillary Clinton's emails. He's got him. He's got Wiener's laptop. And that info wasn't there. 
It definitely wasn't well. By the way, this is Wendy Bell. Wendy Bell. And I got I gotta reach out to her. She's cool. Megan Kelly looking like. But let's uh let's listen to what else she has to say. I wanna I want you guys to hear what she says about January sixth or what Donald Trump says about January sixth. I think they thought and who knows, you know, boxes full of stuff. I think they thought You've got that the goods. Hillary Clinton they were mm-hmm. something to do with the Russia, Russia, Russia hub. Right on. They were they were afraid that things were in there. Part of their scam material, because that's what they are, the scammers. Agreed. And they would think that things were in there having to do with, can you imagine Hillary Clinton deleted and then acid washed? Right. 30, and then, and by the way, and then, by Beach the way, <laughs> uh, knocked the hell out of her phones with hammers, okay? <laughs> can you imagine this? And 33,000 emails after getting a subpoena. Right. Can you imagine if I did that? No. It's just unbelievable. And nothing happened. It's beyond. It's just beyond. But I want to ask you, I'm certainly concerned about these January 6th defendants, sir. There are hundreds of people who have been dragged through hell, and some are still locked up in the D.C. Gitmo. I am sickened, sir. How do we right this wrong? What can you do? So I met with a number of times, but I met with, and I'm financially supporting people that uh, are incredible. And they- So did you hear what he just said there? Donald Trump is financially supporting some of the families of January Sixers. What a dude. What a man. What a human being. Seriously. So there you have it. Donald Trump's interview today, and he's saying... This Saturday in Pennsylvania, much, much, much to say. And uh, this could be maybe uh, my fellow Americans. I, you never know. Well, Mark, Mark, I said it as well. Nancy Pelosi's laptop. But you know what? What would Nancy Pelosi have on her laptop? Probably all the stuff that Hillary Clinton had on Wiener's laptop, right? But this is what I'm saying is he's probably got it all. And they were looking for the dirt that he had on them. That's what they were looking for. That's exactly what they were looking for. They were looking for the dirt, the dead man switch that Trump has. Because they want to take him out. If they arrest him, he releases it. If they kill him, he releases it. That's how this works. So they wanted to go in there and they wanted to find his dead man switch. But guess what? It wasn't there. But he whispered in someone's ear, hey, my dead man switch is in the safe in Mar-a-Lago. Here's the combination. Wink, wink. And they went running to the FBI. They went running to uh, Jake Sullivan. Jake, Jake, he's got it in his safe. It's in Mar-a-Lago. Go, send the FBI in. Run now. And Jake gets his wife over there to... Uh, to go buttercup up over to Mer- uh, Merrick Garland because she's his assistant. And they forge the warrant and they go in there and they make asses of themselves and they produce massive election interference. Hmm. I- I'm telling you, it's an interesting time to be alive. Um, now, I want to go back to this post. So... We, we talked about yesterday the Time Magazine stuff. I know there's some people that didn't catch this. Okay. And so this is the original picture right here. We have the Time Magazine, which Donald Trump threw in the safe next to a lot of these documents. Now, we know the dates on these documents that we're showing that the FBI laid out 
one of them is pertinent the suicide weekend, John McCain's death. The other one is the Iranian nuke deal, which Paul Sperry came out yesterday pertaining to Jake's, Jake Sullivan, talking that they were looking for documents on the Iranian nuke deal, most likely pertaining to Uranium One. Hillary Clinton's emails again. Barack Obama. President Trump hinted at this three weeks ago when he said, oh, well, what about President Barack Obama, who has 33 million documents, many of them which are classified top secret, pertaining to nuclear secrets, uranium one, the treason that was that was produced by the State Department in selling, what is it? 86% of the United States refined weapon-grade uranium to Russia, which was selling it to Iran and then taking the secret weapons programs into Ukraine. Okay? So he put this Time magazine in there, right? This Time magazine was published March 4th, 2019. It shows Donald Trump, the deep state behind a, a, behind a window with knock-knock. Now, if you remember, Dan Scavino posted the white door with 45 on it. Right, the white door with 45 on it. This pertained to a certain Q post, which was this one. Is there a benefit? Think public optics to allowing your enemy to walk through the front door. Warlike posture activated. Thank you for playing. This was weeks ago during the Mar-a-Lago um, uh, raid that post 2961 was brought out into the public. Pertaining to Dan Scavino's post and then the raid of Mar-a-Lago. Look at the date. March 4th, 2019. The same date as this magazine was published. To have that level of accuracy in the Q world is absolutely mind-blowing, okay? But, but, hold on. But then to take that to the next level, right? To take that to the next level and then say this. Ready for this one? A few hours later at 8.38 a.m., on 831, Donald Trump posts this. The terrible way the FBI during the raid at Mar-a-Lago threw documents haphazardly all over the floor, perhaps pretending it was me that did it, and then started taking pictures of them for the public to see. Thought they wanted to keep them secret. Luckily, I declassified. Q post 838, March 4th, 2018. Boom. Q. Not only that, is when you look up March 4th in the Q board, you get post 3598. Whistleblower traps. We know there was a whistleblower that whistle blew on Trump about the documents at Mar-a-Lago. And he says right here, whistleblower traps, March 4th, 2018. The, the, the statistical probability of all this being interrelated like this is freaking astronomical. Trap, keyword, select, provided, whole or parts, break and break. You have more than you know. And there it is. Future proves the past. Okay. I wanted to give everybody a rundown on that because... I think it's really, really important to understand just how absolutely astronomical that in 2018, 2019, okay, 2018, they put that March 4th, 2018 in there, right? In that post, March 4th, 2018, the 838 post, boom. They posted that knowing that on March 4th, 2019, the Time Magazine would post that about the deep state behind Trump with knock-knock. Knowing that, they posted that there, they put open the front door as in knowing that in 2022, in August, that they were going to go and raid Mar-a-Lago. 
knowing that they would raid Mar-a-Lago and that Trump would have a whistleblower go out to the FBI, call them in, and there would be the Time Magazine piece that would relate back the future proves the past to all these different Q posts. And it would happen on a day of a three-year delta of a Q post that says, like clockwork. If you're sitting there going, Q ain't real, man, it's a psyop, you're fucking retarded. Because there's absolutely no way that all of this stuff directly correlates with each other, okay? Unless, unless it was done on purpose. If you knew the playbook. It's like Dr. Strange type of shit. But it isn't. It's strategy. It's game theory. If you minimize the amount of moves that your opponent can make, you understand their playbook and their tactics, you can anticipate their moves in the future. And this one was executed perfectly. Like clockwork. <laughs> Sorry for anybody. You just call me a retard. <laughs> um, yes, 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 I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're about to be killed by his Zamboni. <laughs> yep, I did. Um, and, and Trump has been touting here, uh, upcoming Pennsylvania reality on Saturday. He says, much, much to say. Uh, we need to get a stream for this. You know, I would like to be one of the people that actually streams for these rallies. Uh, but I'm definitely going to be watching the rally. Uh, I think a lot of you guys will as well, because uh, I think the rally is going to be on fire. Uh, Gump, March 4th is also the original presidential inauguration day. Absolutely it is. You're, you're absolutely right there, Gump. Thank you so much, and thank you for that $1 donation. For those that don't know, we typically do this when Vince is here, but we have the battle of the streams going on between Rumble, Pilled, and D Live. Um, for my friend out there on Pilled who wanted to be a mod, you had contacted me on Social Red Pill. Please give me a heads up. I believe, is it you? Is it? I think it might be you. I might have found you. I might have found you. Um, just go ahead oh. and put, uh, Gump, oh. March 4th is, go ahead and put in the chat that you're the one that wanted to be the mod, and we'll go ahead and make you a mod. I, I trust you. you. You've been a long-term supporter. So, absolutely. Um, okay, so Trump's saying that this Saturday, info's going to come out. He's going to talk about it. Um, now let's move on. We have Texas taking their first boatload of immigrants up to Chicago. And what does uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot have to say about this? Um, she whines and calls Texas governor's illegal migrant buses to Chicago racist. Yeah, that's roughly the population of Ireland. For over 4.9 million illegals entered the United States during Joe Biden's first 18 months in office via the sudden border. 4.9 illegal immigrants. Who's coming over our border, guys? Who's coming? Is it this, this women and children? I just want a better life. I want to go and work at McDonald's, and I want to go get an education, and I want to make something better in my life, and, and I'll get nationalized when I get there. Is, is this who's coming over the border? <laughs> no. No. We have migrants from northern Africa, from the Middle East, that are uh, attending Chinese militant camps that are being shipped over the Venezuela. And then they're on a journey with many other illegal immigrants up to the border. Then you have human traffickers, then drug traffickers. 4.9 million illegals. And you want to know what? I would say, I would give you an estimate. 70% of them are the people I just mentioned. 70%. 
Millions of violent extremists are in our country. Millions. And Lori Lightfoot's like, why are you bringing him to Chicago? We got enough problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Lori Lightfoot. That's racist. We can't deal with them. They're going to they're gonna take down our education system, our food stamp system, our social systems, and, and, and they're going to collapse our country. And Abbott, Abbott's like, yeah, exactly. That's why we don't want them here. So I actually, you know, someone asked this question is, why are we sending them to Chicago, New York, and D.C. instead of sending them back over the border? Because the moment you send them back over the border, they come right back over. And it happens all over again. You already got them caught. Send them to Chicago. Send them to New York. Send them to D.C. Why not? And uh, this is a tale of things to come. Eye in the Sky drone captures Mexican drug cartel camp on the other side of the Arizona border wall. Um uh, I'm going to have Mike Miller on, uh, Warriors and Ranchers. Mike Miller is a buddy of mine. And uh, one thing that they've been doing is a lot of this reconnaissance on the Texas border into Mexico on the cartels. And one thing they noticed is that the cartels are actually building warehouses. And it was believed at first that these warehouses were staging for human traffickers to basically bring people over. But later on, it was found that potentially there's lots of caches of weapons that are in these warehouses. Put two and two together. You have radicalized fundamental terrorists that are coming over our border, and then you have caches of weapons on the border right before they come in. Millions of them. If you don't remember what I've put out there before of how I laid this out, okay? Global financial collapse, World War III, United States is fighting a tri-fronted war, Eastern Europe, Middle East, Southeast Asia. They bring about the draft. They, bring, they call back all veterans. Veterans get deployed. They implement a draft, 18 to 45 years old. They get deployed. The only people left here in the United States of America are women, children, and vulnerable people. That's when violent extremism rises up in the cities and we have the infiltration and takeover of the United States of America through these violent extremists trained in Chinese militant camps that are worse than ISIS and ISIL. Okay? And so when that moment comes, we say no to war. No, we're not fighting it. But then what do they do? That's when they come in and say, okay, well, we're going to arrest you. Either way. This is how you take down America. It's a firestorm event. You have to have all these things systematically happen to bring down the global economy, to bring about the perpetuation of World War III, to suspend elections, to have the one power party that is progressing to stay and remain in power, to collapse the supply chain, to take down the infrastructure, to infiltrate the local and the state level political, social, and uh, um, law enforcement communities, right? Defunding the police, reducing the police manpower, power, taking violent criminals and releasing them out into the streets. This is how they do it. And this is what they're doing. And nobody's saying a thing. Everybody in the mainstream is quiet. And I understand there's a lot going on. There's a lot of other things that keep your attention. But this is probably one of the most important important conversations that we all need to have is that we are being invaded 
at the border by radicals who are storing themselves and arms and munitions in our cities, waiting for all the men and veterans to go overseas. Because that's how they take down America. Unhinged Yale psychiatrist who wanted to physically restrain Trump, frog march him out of the White House, loses bid to get her job back. If you remember this, this, uh, this whack job, let's listen to this. The Secretary of State calls the president a moron. The chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee then... Come on, there was a, I, I had the timestamp earlier. Ugh. Anyways, if you remember her, she came out, uh, Dr. Brandon Lee, she was not appointed to her position at Yale after she was reappointed to her position after calling Trump delusional and claimed he is responsible for, uh, for spreading a shared psychosis among his base of supporters. Uh, she sh- sued Yale University and eventually lost her job and lost the lawsuit. Um, if you remember, she was the one calling for the 25th Amendment on national TV, calling for him to be arrested and perp marched, all this stuff. Um, and she's from China. Right. I mean, you know, she's just a good commie. Blue wave crashing. New poll shows Biden approval back in the 30s. Abortion, a low priority even for Democrats. A new Reuters IPOS uh, poll appears to show August Biden boom has gone bust while the Democrat hopes that abortion would create a blue wave in November are crashing. So why did they do the student loan debt relief? Well, this is why, because their poll numbers are crashing. Why are they going to do a stimulus for all people? Because their poll numbers are crashing. Why are they going to go out there and and try to give as much money? Because they need to stimulate the economy temporarily to bring up the poll numbers before November. Because if they do cheat, or when they do cheat, they can have a substantiation that, hey, look, we were doing good in the polls and we were just doing fantastic. We know they can't cheat. We understand. Donald Trump just said it in that one interview, right, with Wendy Bell. He said, is if we go out en masse, if we overload the voting system, they can't cheat. Why is that? Because if you typically have, let's say, 100 million Americans vote in the primaries, every year, 100 million, every time that you have a primary election, you have 100 million people vote in the primaries. I'm just estimating here. And you get... 69 million Republicans voting, okay? 70 million Republicans voting in the primaries for their candidate, okay? You have a 60-40 split. In order for them to cheat, they have to go over, over the standard amount of people that typically vote. They have to come up with a voter registration. They have to do so much work. It's just almost impossible. It's easier for them to declare martial law. This is why we need to overrun the voting system. We have to get out there and vote. Bring a friend, right? Just in, CDC panel votes in favor of recommendation for new COVID booster shots that have never been tested on human beings. These are Pfizer and Moderna booster shots that were tested on mice for just a few months. They changed the formula just a little, excuse me, just a little bit to include uh, some of the new variants, Omicron and so forth. And this fall, they're going to start injecting people with the death jab. With the death jab. And this is approved for emergency use authorization. Of course it is. And I don't know how this is still going on after all the information that's coming out, all the people that are dying, all, all the, the 
public information that's coming out. Dr. Malone, McCullough, Senator Ron Johnson. How is this still happening? Why isn't Rand Paul over at the CDC shutting them down? Outrage as Berkeley is now demanding students wear masks if they are not vaccinated against the flu. Do you understand what mask wearing is all about? It has nothing to do with your health, but instead is a symbol of indenturement. It's a symbol. It's the entrainment of slaves. That's what we're talking about here. It's the marking of slaves. It's the entrainment of slaves. That's what they're doing here. Is they are... They are psychologically fucking people up in their head to become slaves, to do what authority says. Hey, we are in a state of fear. We are in a state of fear. Wear your mask because the authority said so. Yes, sir. Mask on. I will. I got my mask right here. Yes, sir. Mask on. Get out of here. I hope everybody just says, I'm not going to Berkeley. Been a lifelong dream. Gonna choose somewhere else. Take care. That's what needs to start happening. You need to start voting with your pocketbook. And how does that work? You choose where you purchase things. You choose where you go to school and get an education. You choose where you work. And I know some people are saying, well, you know, I can't really do that. Well, yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's a choice. And you know what? It might be a hard choice. It might be one of the hardest things that you have to do. It might be one of those things that takes a long time of progression and progress and planning to do. But you can do it. Don't ever say you can't. Former soccer stars want to know why young athletes are dying and nobody else seems to notice. A former English soccer star lamented last week that no one is paying attention to the sudden rise in deaths of athletes. That has taken place since the induction, introduction of the COVID shots. Speaking last Thursday on Mark Stein for GB News, former English soccer star Matt Letisser stated that the lack of investigation and the sudden increase of deaths of young athletes is a scandal. And so is what he calls a normalization of it in the mainstream media. I have seen so many people, so many incidents of young, fit, healthy sports people collapsing on the field of play, Letisser told Stein. And it's just not normal, and yet the media seems to be normalizing, and nobody seems to be paying any attention whatsoever to this huge rise that has gone on. And for the authorities in charge of these sports to not notice it or not call an investigation, I think is absolutely scandalous. He's right. And here's the thing. Is this is going to continue until you have this big purge moment? You want to know when that big purge moment is? This fall. Dark winter. This fall. How, how much have you been hearing about the flu lately? It's all over the place. Flu shots, get your flu. Fauci, go get your flu shots. Flu shots, flu. The flu's going to be bad this year. Guess what's going to happen? The flu's going to come about and it's going to start infecting all those immunocompromised people. They're going to start dropping like flies. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to blame it on a radical new flu strain that must have mutated because of COVID. And they're going to go back and say, oh, my God, all these athletes that died, we just didn't recognize it. We didn't see it in time, but it was really this flu. And they'll tie it all together and they'll cover their ass because that's what they do. So Ukraine and NATO were calling for the inspection of the Zaporozhizhia, I think the Zaporozhizhia nuclear power plant. Now Ukraine is trying to prevent the IAEA from inspecting the plant. 
overnight the Ukrainian military from positions in um, in Vashtesta Krahoskva, Nikopol, and Maraganet again shelled the nuclear power plant on the south side of the reservoir. This is what we've been saying. Ukraine is shelling their own nuclear power plant, then blaming it on Russia. This is followed by an early morning attempt by Ukrainian forces to land a, a sabotage group near the village northeast of the ZNPP. Some seven boats, two self-motorized barges, and some 60 soldiers were involved in the suicide mission. The paramilitary Russian National Guard, which protects the plant, immediately detected the insertion and attacked it. The Russians sent the KA-52 attack helicopters to destroy the Ukrainian force. Two barges were sunk. Um... And we know that Russia has cleared the uh, International Atomic Agency to go in there and do this. And immediately when they cleared it, this is when Ukraine starts shelling the south side of the island and sends this military operation in there to go sabotage it. What have we been saying? What is Ukraine hiding that they don't want Russia to get a, uh, uh, to get a hold of? What do they not want inspectors to see? Well, what they want the inspectors to find is a nuclear incident which gives them back power and control over the nuclear power plant. Why are the nuclear power plants in Ukraine so important? Before 2014, Ukraine was moving towards Russia. They had cut off ties with most of Europe on trade and were doing it with Russia. Russia, from 2007 to 2011, was receiving U.S. uranium through the Uranium One deal, of which Hillary Clinton was basically illegally selling uranium, giving it to Canada from Canada, Trudeau's company, selling it over to Putin. Putin was taking it because he knew that the United States was setting them up for some type of nuclear standoff. This is we saw in 2016, Hillary Clinton trying to put um, nuclear missile defense shields up on the border, trying to start a nuclear war with Russia. So Russia knew that they had to get rid of the uranium. They gave some to Iran because they didn't care. That's just the United States enemy. This is a proxy war. And they took the rest and went to Ukraine, who, which they were friends with. And they began nuclear weapon research, building nuclear weapons underneath these nuclear power plants and uranium in Ukraine. And so then 2014, the coup of Ukraine happens and they lose power and control over all that uranium that they had bought. And they wanted it back. And now they got it back. And now Ukraine and NATO are going in there. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't want to see what we did with that. <laughs> we were making genetically targeted bioweapons. And uh, yeah, we threw some. Uh, uh, anyways. Um, not suspicious, though. Head of Russian oil giant Luke Oil dies after falling from hospital window. Falling. You know, I think they spelled um, throw, throwing. Wrong. I'm pretty sure they spelled thrown wrong there. Um, the chairman of the board of directors of the oil company, Luke Oil, Ravil Maganov, was thrown from a hospital room, of which they said was a suicide. They're, they're, they're claiming it's a suicide. Remember what I said? When, you, when Russia first went in with a special military operation in Ukraine... The Ukraine parliament declared martial law and utilized that power to basically seize their political opposition. Went in there, put them under house arrest. A lot of them had died and been disappeared. And then they went into all the financiers within the oligarch that support the political opposition in Russia, arrested them and killed them. And it's still continuing today. But nobody wants to talk about any of this. 
Hey, the NSA has uh, mobilized their election security group to protect the midterms from foreign threats. I love this. This is great. The NSA has mobilized the election security group that seeks to protect the coming November midterms from foreign threats. What about domestic threats? <laughs> what, what, what about domestic threats? The group activated by NSA and Cyber Command is tasked with disrupting former cy- uh, foreign cyber attacks aiming to hack and interfere with American elections. The team is reportedly being assembled to combat threats coming from China, Iran, and Russia. The group uses its foreign signals and intelligence collection capabilities to identify attackers and their intent and then fights against attackers by exposing them publicly. Thousands of people are going to work every day to defend the elections from foreign threats, from generating insights and sharing information to imposing costs by degrading and disrupting foreign adversary activity. Uh, the election security group traces its roots to a small team that was formed to fight Russian attackers ahead of the 2018 election. The team expanded its focus on other foreign adversaries in the, for the 2020 election, and the cyber threat to elections has emerged as a persistent threat. Um, yeah, they, they must have did a great job in 2018, especially in Louisiana and Georgia and Kentucky, as well as in 2020 with the primary election. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, Mike Adams coming out. The engineered takedown of food, water, and energy infrastructure will plunge entire nations into dark ages. And he's not wrong. Um, you can't buy gas cars. You can't charge your electric ones. Um, what did Tucker have to say? Let's listen to what Tucker has to say. I like Tucker. Oh, good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. On April 24th of last year, and you may have missed this, the state of California finally achieved what the green movement has dreamt about for decades. It happened. The state energy authority in California was able to generate 95% of its total power from entirely renewable sources. They said it couldn't be done. We said it couldn't be done. But just months into the Joe Biden administration, California did it. Quote, it sends chills down my spine, announced Elliot Mainzer, who runs California's biggest power grid. It's amazing. We're making a real dent in the state's carbon emissions. April 24th, 2021, ladies and gentlemen, remember that date. It's a moment that will live alongside Thomas Edison's invention of the incandescent light bulb alongside Neil Armstrong's stroll on the surface of the moon. It is a day we saw a glimpse of humanity's future. That's what the news accounts told us, but actually there were some caveats to this achievement. For starters, April is not the time to test a power grid. It's the most temperate month of the year when electricity use is at its lowest. Nor was the grid in question statewide. It didn't, for example, supply power to Los Angeles, which is by far the biggest city in California. And now that we're being honest, it wasn't entirely renewable. As the LA Times conceded in a far lower paragraph, despite its press release about renewables, the state of California was actually, quote, also burning a bunch of natural gas. Now, according to scientists, natural gas qualifies as a fossil fuel and it's not technically renewable. And then there was this amazing but thoroughly downplayed fact. The green energy miracle that sent chills down the spines of California power executives, the event they described as, quote, amazing, lasted for a total of, can you guess, four seconds. Not days or hours, seconds. Four seconds. That's what California politicians were bragging about. Four seconds of not actually renewable energy. Four seconds. That's right. And I just wanted to bring this up because, you know, we're having this sustainable agenda that is being pushed on people. 
we have California and New York and, and Washington, D.C., Washington State and Oregon saying that no more gas-powered vehicles by 2035. It's going to be all electric. And maybe technology will advance by then to where it will be better. But the question is, is where do we get our sources of powers of energy? Now, there's a great technology out there known as LENR. Um, and we've talked about it on the show. We're actually going to have James. He's going to come on the show and talk with us about it. I'm going to try to get him on next week. But we're going to talk about it. Um, and it's low energy nuclear reaction. It's utilizing what's known as a, um, a hydrogen hot tube. If you've seen those TikTok videos of producing the hydrogen gas, it's very similar to that. But what you do is you're taking that hydrogen gas in a catalytic, um, in a thermic, in a thermic reaction and producing massive amounts of heat, which it has an over unity of two and a half percent. So we could literally be off of fossil fuels within a decade. We could. With this type of technology, not with solar panels, not with wind turbines that are killing the bird and the bee population, and not with geothermal vents or hydroelectric power. Okay, They knew hydroelectric power wouldn't work back in the early 1900s with Nikola Tesla because it just wasn't sustainable for an entire nation. Now, Elon Musk has came out and said, you know, if we just took like all of Western Texas and, you know, you know, put like a thousand acres out there and just put solar panels. We could solar power the whole United States of America. Yeah, on a bright and sunny day for about four seconds. Okay, there's limits to the technology and the technology is not really there yet. So I wanted to bring that up because we're, we're talking doom and gloom. And here's more doom and gloom. Prepare for the dire food shortages as most fertilizer production in Europe is going offline. And this is because of the restrictions on the nitrogen usage within Europe. This is why all those farmers in Iceland, the Netherlands, Germany, um, Italy, and everything like that have been protesting. Because basically what happened is their governments came about and through recommendation from the World Economic Forum and from the United Nations and from the global sustainable community, they reduced the nitrogen um, um the nitrogen production within those areas, which is the prime ingredient within the fertilizers. So the fertilizers basically are useless now. Uh, so or they, they, sorry, nitrogen emissions, nitrogen emissions. And so these farmers basically ha can only plant and grow so many things. And once they get over their emissions, now they're taxed. And so now we also have the fertilizer production, which is coming out of Russia and Ukraine is offline. This isn't good. This is for the global community. This is where that's going. Um, some justice here, though. Vegan mom gets life in prison after 18-month-old son starved to death on raw food diet. Just absolutely incredible here. A Florida woman has been sentenced to life in prison after starving her child to death by feeding him only raw fruits and vegetables Prior to his death at 18 months, Sheila O'Leary was convicted in June on several counts stemming from the death of her son, Ezra, in September of 2019. Those convictions include first-degree murder, aggravated manslaughter, and child abuse. Her husband and Ezra's father, Ryan, is awaiting trial on the same charges. Ezra reportedly weighed just 17 pounds when he died, about 7 pounds underweight from the average of his age. And Investigators claimed he was the size of about a 7-month-old baby. That's just absolutely horrific and sad. And my heart goes out to that child who has lost his life because of the incompetency of his parents falling for this, uh, this radical ideology that human beings who have been around on this planet for millions of years can survive just on fruit and vegetables. Um, it might be that for an adult who can utilize supplementation in their diet, but for an infant or a baby, they need animal products and meat. 
They do. And that's your prime example right there. If you don't give a baby, an infant, a toddler, animal products, they die. I mean, that's, I guess, the best argument for veganism, right? Okay. Can you, uh, can you raise a little infant baby on just uh, vegan products? No. Well, then I, I don't think we were meant to be vegans. Right? Uh, this happened close to home. I didn't even know about this. Thousands of Excel customers locked out of thermostats during energy emergency. 22,000 people lost control of their temperatures in their homes for hours uh, this last Tuesday. It was 90 degrees outside in Colorado. And people went to go change their thermostats. And an emergency warning came up on their smart thermostats. Saying temperature locked temporarily due to, due to energy emergency. And so the power company, Excel, was burning too much power. So what they did is they locked out 22,000 houses to decrease the power utilization. Do you see a problem with smart meters, smart houses, ring doorbells, all these types of things that we add into our house, the smart house, is the smart house gives the opportunity through the terms of service agreements for those people to control the things that happen in our house, including the information, including the camera systems, and including the temperature of your thermostat. If you have these smart meters and stuff like that, I would just get rid of them. All right. Today is September 1st. Now, this is interesting. Because if you go to the board's Q post, okay? And, and I want you to go to the Q post and you're going to look for today's Delta. Now, I wanted to check something real quick on today's Delta. I, had, I wanted to check something real quick. I wanted to see if Donald Trump was going to post today uh, around this time. Um, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, go in here, Donald Trump. Okay, he hasn't posted anything, so we're good on that. But if you remember this back from 2018, today, September 1st, is National Preparedness Month. Is the first day of National Preparedness Month. Guys, future proves the past. Is this a message set in the past for today? National Preparedness Month is a time to focus our attention on the importance of preparing our families, homes, businesses, and communities for disasters that threaten our lives, property, and homeland. I want you to just take this in the context. The Q posts are coming about and becoming more and more relevant. Why was this a big thing for Donald Trump and for the Q post? Nothing happened back in 2018 during this time. During this time, we also honor the brave men and women who selflessly respond to crises and disasters, rendering aid to those in need. The first responders who work tirelessly to safeguard our nation and protect our citizens deserve our utmost gratitude and appreciation. Donald Trump is the one who created National Preparedness Month in September. Three years ago, he did this. Four years ago. Sorry, four years ago. Okay. He says, this month, I encourage all Americans to take the opportunity to ensure that they have an emergency response plan in place and ready to be properly executed. Emergencies and disaster tests, the resilience and strength of families, communities, and our nation. Is it impossible to avoid every challenge and threat, but we can and must prepare for them. By doing so, we can help protect our communities and save lives. By virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, I do hereby proclaim September 2018 is National Preparedness Month. I encourage all Americans 
including federal, state, and local officials to take action to be prepared for disaster or emergency by making them practicing their emergency response plans. Each step we take to become better prepared makes a real difference in how our families and communities will respond and per- persevere when faced with the unexpected. He says, tragedies are somber reminders that preparedness is a shared responsibility and that it is critical to maintain readiness. All Americans can prepare for potential disasters by developing and practicing a family emergency response plan, assembling a disaster supply kit, signing up for alerts on mobile devices, signing up for alerts on mobile devices. What do we, what do we remember? Emergency broadcast system, setting aside emergency savings. What did Manorino just say? Get money out of the bank and maintaining adequate insurance policies for their home and businesses. I'm just, I'm, I'm just reporting the news, guys. I'm just reporting the news. All right. Tomorrow, we have a Marion Hyman, who will be joining us on Conversations on the Fringe. She did a documentary, uh, Where Have All the Bees Gone?, um, she's an awesome human being. I've interviewed her a few different times. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about MK Ultra, the Tavistock Institute. We're going to be talking about the bees disappearing. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things on Conversation on the Fringe, so please don't miss that. That's at uh, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, I always have to put it out there because we are completely funded by you guys. Everything that we do here, Alternative Media, the Red Pill Project, we are completely funded by you guys. Um, if you guys want to support us, redpills.tv slash go. That's our Give, Send, Go campaign. If you'd rather just go to the regular address, givesendgo.com slash redpills. Um, you can also do the crypto, redpills.tv slash send crypto. Um, or you can go on over to the socialredpill.com. You can sign up there for a free profile, or even you can sign up for the subscription profile that helps support us. The, one of the best ways is Dr. Kirk Elliott, My Pillow, My Patriot Supply. Dr. Kirk Elliott, 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com. My Pillow, all you have to do is go to My Pillow, My Coffee, whatever it is, use that promo code RPP. Um, we have some more. Dr. Mark Sherwood's going to be coming back on with our his segment. And uh, we got a few other things coming about as well down the road. And then My Patriot Supply, if you guys want to check out My Patriot Supply, redpills.tv slash patriot. They have all the preparedness items that we just talked about for National Preparedness Month. Uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody who did donate uh, within Rumble. Um, we have Jaybach, $10. Thank you, Josh. Much love. We will win. Absolutely, Jaybach. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Gump. Uh, that was $11 there on Rumble. On Pilled, I saw a whole bunch of stuff coming in. Um, and who is my mod? Who is my mod on DLive? Who is the one that wanted to be a mod? I released a Pilled, pilled by the way, guys. Um, I'll get you, my friend. I, I have your, I, I just can't look it up right now. I, I think it was, uh... anyways, I'll get you taken care of. But everybody on DLive, Pilled, and Rumble, thank you so much. But, guys, God bless you. Much love. I hope all of you guys have a fantastic day. Uh, Gold pills are released right now on Rumble, so there you guys go. Um, And I wanted to play this, so we're just going to play this. Why not? Um, (laughs) We'll take you out with this one, guys. Oh, hold on. I, I played it a little too early. Uh, this is while everybody collects their pills on pills. But much love. God bless. Take care. You guys have a fantastic evening. Uh, we'll see some of you guys tonight. I might jump in for a little while on the Zoom, on the after chat, on socialredpill.com.
But uh, have a good one, guys.